It's time once again for a Ticket Express Husker Doc Talk podcast. The theme of today is head west, young man, head west, as the Nebraska Cornhuskers are into the NCAA tournament for the first time since 1998. I'm Travis Justice, and joined once again by my good friend, the good doctor, Dr. Rob Zadiska. What's up, Doc? I'm drinking Zipline beer again. Are you really? Because you're ce- <laughs> you're celebrating Nebraska going to the NCAA basketball tournament for the first time since 1998, and this is an intriguing bracket. But let's start first with the Huskers getting in. An 11 seed going to be playing in San Antonio. So if you want tickets to see Nebraska playing in the NCAA basketball tournament, just go to TicketExpress.com. I talked to Chad earlier uh, before we recorded this podcast. He has tickets ready to go, ready to sell. Don't go through the university. Because you don't know where you're going to be sitting. You don't know how good of a seat you're going to get. Go through Chad at Ticket Express just by going to TicketExpress.com. And first of all, your reaction, your pride, your happiness, jubilation to see (laughs) your alma mater into the NCAA tournament. I was pumped. I I mean, it's one of those things where Tim Miles had to have had a tear in his eye. I mean, you think about how emotional that guy is. And you got a guy who just absolutely seems like he came in and poured his heart and soul into that program and to make it to the NC2As in year two. And I know he made the comment about how usually when you go through this process, you, you, you sort of crawl, then you walk, then you run. And I mean, he, he kind of went from a, a crawl to a sprint right away with this, making it in the second year. So impressive. I, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not a bracketologist. I was pumped about the fact that I was sitting here going, boy, this would be really great if we got, oh, I don't know, a 15 seed, a 14 seed. To see him at an 11 seed, I was pretty impressed. Well, 11 seed would indicate that Nebraska was on the bubble, uh, wasn't one of the last four in. Those are the play-in games, and and Iowa was one of those. But the the 11 seed clearly put Nebraska on the bubble. But the way it finished out and where it finished in the Big Ten, you know, if you look at the record overall, that may not have gotten Nebraska in, but it's where the Huskers finished in the Big Ten Conference, that fourth spot overall in the regular season is why Nebraska is playing in the NCAA tournament which you talk about how everybody you look at the what lenardi does you look at the real-time rpi what everybody's put together the, the prognosticators if you will and the thing that always gets me is everybody makes such a huge deal about how big everybody takes into account the full body of work they're going to look they're going to look at the early season they're going to look at the mid-season they're going to look at the non-conference schedule with Nebraska, they clearly looked at the last six, eight weeks of the season. Well, you had to because that's where Nebraska's RPI shot up. and when Which you- it, did, it did, but I guess it, it surprises me just because how much emphasis everybody talked about. I mean, you look at some teams like, say, take Minnesota, for instance. And probably even as recently as two weeks ago, we were talking, you and I were talking about on this podcast that whoever goes deeper in the Big Ten tournament, Nebraska or Minnesota, that's who's going to get in. And, uh, but Nebraska played still end up playing better down the stretch. Yeah, which, I mean, it was kind of, it became a moot point once the Big Ten tournament started, but. Well, here's the deal. It's one of those things where you look at some of these teams that probably had a much stronger early season. I, I was a good example. 
In Nebraska, obviously, they took much more into account with how Nebraska did later in the year than Iowa. You know, you can look at some of the teams that were left out. Georgetown uh, doesn't belong in there as much as Nebraska does. SMU had a really good record, but SMU's non-conference schedule was absolutely brutal. And you take the fact that Nebraska finished fourth in the Big Ten, and any other year, I mean, it's never happened that a fourth-place team has never got in out of the Big Ten. So it's rightfully so that Nebraska's in. It happened in 1991, Travis. Did it really? Who was it? Uh, I believe it was Illinois. Well, yeah, I've stand corrected. Thank you. I for... am. I am shooting massive amount. I mean, I, I have just like massive amounts of hoops knowledge in my head. Thank you for correcting me on my my Big Ten lack of knowledge when it comes to uh, the NCAA tournament. Okay, let me correct myself. It doesn't happen all that often. That, it, that, that and, a... and honestly, I believe that was the first time ever, and probably the, the last first time. And only time. The interesting part of this matchup is that Nebraska gets to go to its to its roots to its the to the last time it was in the NCAA tournament it was in the Big Twelve Conference. It's going to play a Big Twelve team in the Baylor Bears, who are playing much better basketball right now. Got to the Big Twelve tournament championship game only to lose to Iowa State, and the Bears essentially get to play at home. Got to go from Waco up to San Antonio, so Nebraska's in, but it gets to play an old Big Twelve ne- nemesis, and it gets to play in that nemesis backyard uh, can you do you really call it a nemesis i mean i'm not sure there's much of a rivalry there well but. not in football but baylor is a much better basketball team oh they're a great team they're a great team hey travis i, I did a quick fact check okay we were talking about a number four team in the big 10 conference yes. not making the nc2a tournament yes i stand corrected it was only once has a Big Ten team with 11 conference wins not made okay. the NC2A tournament. And now, and it was, in fact, I believe, Illinois in 1991. Okay. So, I, so you're saying that I was right? Well, yeah. Okay. That, that's all yeah, I want to say. Tec- is that, technically. Th- technically. That I'm right. That's all I want to hear. But, yeah. but now to the matchup. Because it gets in, it's intriguing for Nebraska because it starts with Baylor, which is going to be a home game for the Bears if they travel well. I mean, they're gonna get, they're gonna get up to San Antonio and they're gonna be playing against a team from Texas in Texas. Well, they'll travel well. I, I think all seventy two of them will show up. I'm telling you, San Antonio is celebrating right now. San Antonio is doing backflips down the Riverwalk because San Antonio could not have asked for anything better than Nebraska to be playing Baylor in San Antonio, and then Creighton is going to be playing in San Antonio. In fact, if Creighton and Nebraska both win, they'll play in the next round. And then on the other side of the bracket, um, you have Iowa State that's going to be traveling to San Antonio. you got three teams that travel really well. The Visitors and Convention Bureau at San Antonio is celebrating right now. The Chamber <laughs> of Commerce is doing because you've got three teams that love to travel and watch their teams. And, and you know what? They really do, which you know, I, I'll be interested to see how this plays out with Creighton, which, you, you know what? For, for a school as small as it is, you saw the crowd shots on TV from the tournament up in New York. They had nice crowds there. Over three. There was a there was a visible Creighton presence at Madison Square Garden, and it was neat to see. I mean, they they travel well, and I think you're going to have a pretty good group of Creighton fans heading down to Texas. Of course, a lot of people are crossing their fingers, wanting that Creighton Nebraska matchup in the round of 32. 
And I think it'll be a much better game. Of course, Creighton destroyed Nebraska in the first meeting and the only meeting of the year in Omaha. But this Nebraska team is a much different team than what Creighton saw back in December. It is. And I don't know how how well that matchup stacks up as far as the national audience goes. I know regionally, or at least locally here in Nebraska, I think a lot of people are dying to see that happen. I, I think you've got, I mean, if you're just going by the seedings, I think you've got an upsettable win for Nebraska with that Baylor matchup. I, Baylor's a good team, though. That one, that one, it's one of those, you're excited when you see Nebraska it's always a little bit scary when you saw who they matched up against. Though. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be a cakewalk for Nebraska to beat Baylor, but I think I think a lot of people would like to see Nebraska and Creighton play in the round of 32. And that whole side of the bracket's interesting because it, let's say Nebraska advances you know, to the Sweet 16 or even Creighton to the Sweet 16. You have a potential matchup with Oregon then as Oregon gets BYU in the first round, then most likely Wisconsin. So, And so Nebraska could also square off with Wisconsin if it got to the round of Sweet 16. I know we're putting the cart before the horse, but when you look at the brackets, there's there's all sorts of potential when it comes to this West region bracket because... The potential matchups are huge, which you look up... You know, you look up the bracket a little bit there. If Oklahoma makes it out of Spokane and Oklahoma State makes it out of San Diego, which that's going to be a tough one with Arizona up there, but you got a potential matchup with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State again. Yeah, so it's interesting. It'll be interesting because I think Nebraska learned a lot during the Big Ten tournament. You and I were doing... In their walk one game. Yeah, well, but but you and I <laughs> talked about it in on the Ticket Express Doc Doc radio show that airs Friday nights from 6 o'clock to 7 on 1620 The Zone in Omaha that... That that was a different situation. That was that was a tournament atmosphere. Something these guys had not really been exposed to, especially with the hype going in. I, I, I'm gonna look. I, I'm gonna say the glass is half full. You can lose, learn a lot by that losing effort as you head into the NCAA tournament. The pressure that goes with a big lead, all sorts of things. And I agree. I mean, Ohio State's what a five seed. I kind of lost. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, five seed. I believe five or six seed. Um, but but yeah, you get six seed. There are six seed playing Dayton, which is an interesting matchup because you know Thad Mata won't play Dayton uh, during the regular <laughs> season. So you got that great matchup. Ohio State, we stand corrected, a six seed, Dayton, an eleven seed, which is a great matchup. But uh, yeah, so I mean, I think Nebraska learned a well, lot in a losing effort to Ohio State. I, I think Nebraska played their game, which basically. Try and try and dribble dribble inside to the basket, launch some threes, and then just defend like gangbusters. And I and I think they did that. I think they played the way they've been playing for the last four, five, six weeks against Ohio State, and then all of a sudden realized that they were about that, that they had an eighteen. I think the moment they realized they had an eighteen point lead over Ohio State, a future number six seed in the in in that region. That's when it all fell apart. I think when all of it was, it was like, holy shit, we got a 16 point lead or an 18 point lead, and now we're playing not to lose. Yeah, I, I think I think as soon as they realized that they had an 18 point lead over a very good team in tournament play, I think that's when it fell apart. I think if that was a regular season game, or if that was against Purdue or Northwestern. 
I think Nebraska just kind of keeps it's it's the players inside their heads. I think keep their foot on the pedal and just keep going. And I think it was that lack of experience of how to deal with that. Holy crap! Look what we're doing. I, I think that's when it fell apart. Is when they realized, holy crap! Look what we're doing. And all of a sudden, focus just goes out the window. Arizona's the number one seed in the West. Uh, you've got Oklahoma. Oklahoma State's in the is in the West Conference uh, or the Western bracket. Oklahoma's in the Western bracket. You have San Diego State in the Western bracket. I, I it's it, it, there's some good names in there, but I wouldn't initially say it's the toughest bracket out there. I mean, you look at both Creighton and Nebraska. I'm not saying Nebraska is going to get to the Final Four. I'm not going to say it's going to get to the Elite Eight, but they can beat Baylor. And yeah. Creighton fans are going to get me mad at me for this, but they can beat Creighton. They can. Well, if Providence can. Yeah. Uh, Providence isn't a bad team. The, the matchup no, is the point good. guard. They're, they're a very good team. But, but, you know, you look at the matchups, the way Nebraska's adjusted, dribble penetration, can hit some, you know, it plays really good defense. I'm just saying, the, in the NCAA tournament we've seen in the past is about matchups. And I think Nebraska got a good matchup. I think Creighton's got a good matchup. You look at that West bracket, and I think it's manageable. Now, if you were to look at the Midwest and Wichita that State, is, that's that nasty. If I was Wichita State, I would be pissed off. Oh, Greg Marshall has to be shaking his head going, okay, I see what you did. We're 34-0. We win the Missouri Valley Conference, and you're going to give us Kentucky in the second round? Are you freaking kidding me? You're right. That Midwest bracket's just nasty. Well, you know, next round they've got Louisville. Yeah. You got Duke. You got a you got a Texas team that on any given day could beat anybody. I'll say this. If- and then you got Michigan, which it's uh, – I'm trying to look here. You've got, what, three Final Four teams from last year? Yes. Or two Final Four teams? A three. Three Final Four teams from last year all in that bracket alone. Which yeah, if I was if I was Wichita State, I would be not happy with the seeding. I mean, because Wichita State maybe one of those teams is a number one seed that loses in the second round, doesn't even get to the round of sixteen. And that's let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. If Michigan had won today, which of course they lost to their little brother down in East Lansing, and you're celebrating because your dad is a Michigan State grad. So is my mom and your mom. <laughs> which if. If Michigan had won that, they would have been the number one seed. They would have Michigan knocked. Close. They, you think Michigan's got a one seed? Yeah. If they would have won the Big Ten tournament today, they would have knocked. Because I think it came down to Virginia and Michigan, and Michigan got beat. Virginia got the nod for the number one seed, and Michigan got put back to number two. Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, you look at Florida. I think was a shoe in. I think Arizona was a shoe in. <sighs> I, I don't know. Wichita State's one of those. I'm just not a believer. Well, and, well, and they're good. I know they made the final four last year. I think they're a better team than last year. I'm just not buying a number one seed. Well, they, they got that <laughs> on being 34 and 0. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, and, and I think this is they're going to be tested. They, 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 people wanted them to play a, a, a tough schedule. Well, they got a tough NCAA tournament bracket. It, it is, and, and I don't, I don't think you could have withheld a number one seed from them. I think you, they had to yeah. give them a number one seed. So if you want to go to the NCAA tournament, and San Antonio is the place to go because San Antonio is the place where Nebraska fans are going. San Antonio is the place where Creighton fans are going. San Antonio is the place where Iowa State fans are going. The Riverwalk is going to be a 
place to party this weekend, and you have to get your tickets now. So go to TicketExpress.com, get your NCAA tournament tickets, get your all-session tickets, make sure to go every single game because you will enjoy it. Of course, you know what it's like by going to the games here in Omaha, but this is going to be a completely different atmosphere. Even if you're not a Creighton fan, Nebraska fan, you get to enjoy, you get to watch them. I, I mean, it could be a total local affair. And believe it or not, I hope Creighton fan roots for Nebraska against Baylor, and I hope Nebraska fan roots for Creighton against uh, uh, um, uh, who are they playing? They're playing uh, Louisiana. Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns. So I, I, I think it could be a unique atmosphere. And then when the two play each other, they don't have to root for each other. They can, they can, they, it's the two brothers who can go after each other. I would get tickets for this quick because I got to be honest with you. Nebraskans love San Antonio. They, think about all those Alamo Bulls Nebraska played in. They packed that place, which I got to be honest with you. Where do they play and say, is it the, is it where the Spurs play or is it in the Elmo? Dome? You know, I didn't even look, I should know this and people are going, God, you guys are stupid for not knowing this. You know, it could be where the Spurs play or it could be in the Alamo dome, but there's not usually, they usually don't play the first and second round games. Uh, I guess it's second, third round games in uh, the dome like that. But uh, yeah, so I'll do a quick search and find out. I should I should have researched that before we recorded, but we wanted to get this on. But you brought up how Nebraskans travel to uh, San Antonio. They love that place. I like it. Uh, it's one of my favorite places to go. It's a gr- it is a great you know it's a great quick weekend trip to take. But and, I mean that's a, that's going to be I think those tickets. Nebraska and Creighton fans, I think, are going to pack that place, especially when you consider the fact that you got Baylor down there. Hey, let's not forget Iowa State fans. I, I, I mean, Iowa State fans filled up the and Sprint I Center. Did they travel all that well? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'm asking. Yes, they filled yeah, up. The, the Sprint Center in Kansas City was basically Hilton Coliseum for that Big 12 championship game. And I think it's just going to be all Creighton, Nebraska, and Iowa State and San Antonio. I would love to see it. Would absolutely love to see it. Which, again, I know we're putting a plug for Chad in here, but well, it's his podcast. T- yeah, it is. <laughs> get tickets and get them quick because I, I think there's going to be a lot of people who are going to want those tickets for that regional, for those for those regional matches. Yeah. Just with that many people from this area, that's going to fill up so quick. You mentioned uh, the, the sport of football, and believe it or not, spring football is taking a back seat in Nebraska now because of the popularity of basketball at this point. But the Huskers did practice on Saturday on the Memorial Stadium turf for the first time, first time outside. When it came to spring football, was there a difference for you, and you were in Cook Pavilion at the time, was there a difference between going inside or outside, or were you pretty much well adjusted to that? Yeah, I want it outside. Everybody likes to be outside. The air inside is still. There's no movement. It's hard to breathe. Really? So yeah, it's you know I I have played in games. Uh, I mean every you know the only place where it was better to play inside than outside was when we played in the Coca Cola Bowl against Kansas State and Tokyo, and that's just because there are a few places on this planet where the Smog is worse than Tokyo and Japan. Well, maybe maybe most of the country of China right now, but at, at the time, horrible smog in Tokyo. And so we played in the Tokyo Dome. That might have been the only place. But I mean, 
St. Louis, the I played in the old Pontiac Silverdome, the old uh, Kingdom up in Seattle. You know, it can be 140 degrees outside with super saturated 103% humidity. And I would still rather play outside than play in a dome because you can, even with the climate control systems, it's hard to have enough air movement to make it comfortable when you're doing that much physical activity and trying to play inside a dome. I can't stand it. So, you know what? You just pined for those days where it was just even remotely nice enough to get outside and practice outside, which in Nebraska was essentially when there wasn't an absolute raining downpour or six inches of snow on the ground, you found yourself outside. Now, you and I have had this discussion before, but as much of the big deal people make about spring football, it's just practice. It is, you know, the, the big deal that comes out of it, and I think a lot of a lot of people make a big deal out of what you look at going on down in Lincoln right now, where I'm sure all eyes are on Tommy Armstrong, they're on Johnny Stanton. What's going to happen if you've got a very position-specific race at a big position? Running back, starting linebacker, starting quarterback. I, I think a lot plays into it in those situations. Otherwise, it's it's a chance to develop. It's a chance to kind of get at least a little bit of a footing going into fall camp. Bottom line is, though, you, you know, you get a little bit of experience, a little bit of development, and you solidify that roster spot. But beyond that, you can't put too much weight in it. I mean, you, you look at when Nebraska, when you look at the quarterback position, for instance, I mean, Taylor Martinez obviously was the starter coming out of spring ball last year, and then you got Ron Kellogg winning games for you last fall. So it's you can't put too much into it. Now, the, the, the people that it probably has the biggest impact for is a lot of these younger guys and some of these – and the transfers, the junior college guys. You got these guys like Alex Lewis, which I got to be honest with you, I got to look into the fact, is he actually playing yet? Is he able to actually suit up in regards to clearing up some legal issues? But you've got the transfers, you got the JUCO guys, and you got the freshmen – uh, either the early enrollees or the guys coming off of red shirts or coming off of their true freshman seasons, those are the guys for spring balls and port. Well, and one guy yeah. that was one guy that was highlighted on Saturday is uh, redshirt freshman running back Adam Taylor, who's been running the ball well, and Coach Polini, you know, talked about him quite a bit. But can, yeah, can but you, you really? Can, can I mean, you really? You're going to Amir Abdullah. Yeah. He is? No, 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 he's not going to. So yeah, you can, that, that's my point. Yeah. I, I mean, he, you know what? He's he's going to come in and he's going to get playing time. But I mean, you know. A spring this, game star. We like, see it all the time. Yeah, but at this point right now, I mean, minus an injury, it's going to be Amir Abdullah. It's going to be Imani Cross. Um, oh, who's the skinny little speedster who fumbles a lot? I don't know. Who I've is. already forgot. I've just been honing in on Amir and, and Amani Cross so much. Um, I mean, there, there's other guys in the mix, and I'll say that's probably one of the deeper spots on the team right now. But, I mean, the bottom line is is that the, the guys who you're counting on, you, you know, he's a good running back. He's coming off of a freshman year. Pelini's talking about him. 
But when fall rolls around, the guy that you're going to see who's going to be getting 75% of the stamps is going to be Abdullah. Spring game or spring practice continues on Monday, and I do have the information, Rob. They play in the AT&T Center, which where the San Antonio Spurs play. We're talking about the NCAA tournament. Seats right around 19,000 for basketball, and I think what you're going to see this weekend is a lot of red, a lot of blue, and a lot of red and yellow from Iowa State, and it's going to be near sellout crowds, or if not sellout crowds, at the AT&T Center in San Antonio. And for those tickets, make sure you get them at Ticket express.com for dr rob zadiska i'm travis justice just a quick reminder because of the ncaa tournament we will not have a ticket express doc talk radio show the next two weeks on 1620 the zone in omaha but don't worry don't worry at all rob and i will be back with a ticket express husker doc talk podcast next week and the week after and we'll keep rolling on through basketball baseball and yes spring football for dr rob zadiska i'm travis justice we'll talk to you next week